Welcome to the Fresh Nest Podcast, where we talk all things freshening your nest, from decluttering to cleaning, home styling and decor. I'm Hannah Bullivant, an interior stylist, and I teach students to decorate their homes from a place of self-knowing. Welcome. Welcome to episode two of the Fresh Nest podcast. I'm delighted to have you here and thank you for all of your lovely feedback on the last episode. Can I ask that if you have enjoyed the last episode, um, would you be so kind as to leave a review because it would really help more people to find the podcast. Thank you. Today I am actually recording as I always do on my son's lower bunk bed. Um, uh, with the door closed but the I've got my aircon unit on in the other room so you may hear a slight rumbling in the background but that is because it is baking today and I'm afraid I don't love you quite as much as to turn my beloved aircon unit off. Okay so today I am talking about kitchens which is one of my favorite favorite topics because the kitchen is the heart of the home it literally is and what happens in the kitchen tends to set the the scene for the rest of the home so it really pays to make sure that that heart is ticking over nicely the focus today is using what you currently have so this is renter friendly there will be future episodes where I talk about designing a kitchen from scratch, but today is focusing on what you have right now, whether you love it or hate it, whether it's temporary or rented. I have tons of tips to help you create a kitchen you love. This is based on my work with my clients, uh, the work I do with students in my Fresh Nest e-course, um, and also just my own personal experience of living in lots of rented, rented kitchens. Today's advice is split into two halves. The first one is focused on clutter and managing kitchen surfaces. And the second is, focus, is focused on adding joy. So styling the space. Let's get into it. Kitchen decluttering tips. I don't see decluttering as a single act but rather as a way of living, which I discussed more about in the last episode. Kitchen decluttering is about getting rid of stuff just as much as it is about preventing stuff from coming in. So I need to state this right at the beginning of this podcast because it's not discussed enough. Do you really need that egg poacher, that extra storage box, that milk whisk? Maybe you do, but generally it's good to be thinking about stopping what's coming into your kitchen as well as decluttering what's there. My decluttering mantra is CCSA. That stands for clear it all out. So empty it out, clean it out, clean it, sort it, and then arrange it. The sorting is the editing and the uh, decluttering and arranging it is the way you store your items so that you can access them in, in a much easier way. So the first thing is to take everything out. Now you might freak out at that concept, especially if your kitchen is full of stuff. Um, so if you are tight on time, you might not want to do your whole kitchen, but do do it by category if you can. So all of the cookbooks, um, all of the plates. So even if you've got plates in another room, um, get them all out. 
Once you've taken everything out, you need to give it a good clean. I try to keep the kitchen cupboards clean. Um, I keep food in sealed jars or bags. Um, and sometimes the actual food item needs a little wipe down as well. But for me, I had a really horrifying kitchen moth incident in our London flat. Um, and this is before I had discovered decluttering and organising all that stuff. So I just had packets of food stuffed into the cupboards. Um, and one day I noticed there was a maggot on the ceiling above the cupboard. And I was like, ooh, where's that come from? Open the cupboard and the flour, the oats, the pasta, they were moving with larvae. I know, it's absolutely disgusting. I should have probably given you a trigger warning. I'm so sorry. But that is what spurned me to be a bit more organised in my kitchen in terms of keeping it clean. So once you've taken everything out give the actual cupboard a wipe down and also any boxes packets or jars or tins as well then you need to assess or edit and you need to handle everything don't just glance at your things um, you just have a much greater sense of intuition when when you're actually touching it don't ask me why just trust me so you need to be asking yourself do you use this item does it bring you joy if not then you need to donate or discard it do you have spices that went off in 2011, like I did? I have more chopping boards and wooden spoons than I officially need, but they bring me joy so they can stay. Similarly with crockery, I use them for my work as a stylist so they stay, but you may not need so much. Trust your instinct on this. So if you are wavering about whether you need something or it brings you joy, then try to be really firm with yourself. Have you used it in the last six months? Is it easily replaceable? And if it's easily replaceable, if you've not used it in the last six months, then let it go. And it might be motivating for you to think about somebody else getting a lot of joy from that item. So rather than it just sitting in a box gathering dust, um, not being used, or in a drawer gathering dust, not being used, allow somebody else to get joy from it and use it instead. If you are really struggling, then you can put a few items in a box on probation. And then if you still haven't used them in three months' time, get rid of them at that point. And you'll need to set a reminder or stick it in your diary or calendar to actually remember to go back to that box. Okay, divide and conquer. <laughs> so this next tip is about putting things in boxes. <laughs> it's my favorite storage tip. So once you've sorted out your stuff, it's time to organize. I want to talk about how I've organized my previous rental kitchens and my current tiny kitchen without spending much money or time or energy on it. And that is things in, bucket, things in boxes and specifically packets in boxes as well. So cupboards and drawers generally function tons better when everything has a compartment of some kind. So I use a mix, a mix of boxes to do this and they are almost entirely recycled. So in my drawers, for example, I've used old Tupperware that have missing or broken lids and recycled posted, postal boxes to organise my cables, my cutlery and crockery and things like that. In my cupboards, everything now lives in a box that I can slide out easily. And if you have drawers, you'll need to do the same. You, things need to go in compartments so it's not all just like, like dancing around in the drawer. So I use some white plastic boxes that are a mix of some old Ikea boxes that they still sell and some others from uh, the Wham storage boxes that you can get from Dunelm or the plastic box shop. So I like a plastic box for food because it needs to be wiped clean. And after my pantry moth incident in London, I'm a bit more paranoid about keeping things clean. 
So, but generally when you get onto this box stage, do not buy boxes until you have decluttered. Please heed me there. The next thing to do is once you've managed to get things in boxes, both in your cupboards and in your drawers, you need to label things so that everyone in your household knows where to look. Because I have certainly been guilty of doing this in the past where I've done a massive kitchen organise, I've changed things around, put things in boxes, and then my family don't know where anything is. So you might know where everything is, but so that everyone in your household knows where everything is, please put a label on it. So you could do, you, you could do use anything for labels, a bit of washi tape written on it, uh, you could use a chalk pen or a marker just written on the box you can buy why well, use chalk labels just simple rectangular chalk labels with a chalk pen and um, you can use one of those dymo machines that I've always wanted but never actually bought <laughs> um, but whatever it is it's it's just making sure that you and everyone in your household can access everything easily and know what is what Okay, now I'm going to be talking a bit about your kitchen worktops because most of the clutter in your kitchen will be concentrated on your flat surfaces, which is your island, worktops and table. So we need to focus a little bit on those areas because they have a huge visual impact in the room. Huge. When it comes to kitchen worktops, the goal is to keep them as clear as possible. So the first thing you need to do is just sort through post and paperwork, the stuff that's kind of gathered there, um, dealing with it and storing it away or discarding it. And it's also about putting the random stuff that gathers there back in its proper home. And you know what it's like, like toys or work stuff or whatever's ended up in the kitchen. First of all, just put that away. If you do this, and the, actually, do you know what? And the other thing to do when it gets to kitchen work is to put away dirty dishes, dry them and actually put them away. If you've done all of the what I've just said and the worktops still feel cramped and cluttered, if you're still craving more space, then it's time to rethink what you store on your worktops. You need to make as much room inside the cupboards as you can by decluttering, which will then free up the worktops. So I have some specific ideas of things that actually may not need to be stored on your worktops. So the first thing, the, the most obvious thing is around food. So whether you've got spice jars or tea bag jars on your surface, do they actually need to be there? Could they, would they be better in, in a cupboard? And remember, you do have more spaces, space in, in your cupboards than you think, especially after you have decluttered and got things in boxes. The next one is fruit bowls. Do you actually need a fruit bowl? If the answer is not really, if you could actually store fruit in the fridge or in a cupboard, then uh, this removes something from the worktop and it creates a little bit of extra surface space. You could also like hang bananas from a hook under a shelf. Generally, we want to lift things off the worktops. Okay, a knife block is the next one. That's often a really big space uh, clutterer. Could your knives instead go on a magnetic rack on the wall? and also think do you actually need all of those knives so often when you buy a knife block it comes with seven or eight knives and you only use three of them so you actually might be able to rehome a few of those knives but generally the knife block if possible needs to go unless you absolutely love it unless it's very precious to you see if you can get rid of it and instead replace it with a magnetic wall knife holder the next big space hogger in a kitchen is the bread bin. Again, if you love it, if it brings you joy, it doesn't have to go. But if you're drowning in clutter, if your surfaces are full of stuff, then, then consider 
getting rid of the bread bin. And instead of using the bread bin, bread would live in uh, a box inside a cupboard. That's what, that's what happens in our house. Okay, my next tip is to go from single purpose to multi-purpose appliances. So this is a bit of a two-part tip because this should hopefully free up some space in your cupboards. So if you've got like a slicer, a food mixer and a blender, could you swap it for a food processor instead? And you can sell those other things if you want to own a bit, if you need to find a bit of money for a new item. Um, so if you could sell your single use appliances and put that money towards a food processor, you're freeing up a huge amount of space in your drawers and your cupboards. So in our current, in the van where we are now, we've installed a boiling and filtered water tap, which meant we could get rid of our kettle and our water filter jug. Pricey, it's a pricey option, but I love it. And in our tiny space, it's just amazing to not have those things on the side. So if you, if you have a filtered water jug, could it live in the fridge door rather than on the work surface? Could you, what, what are you currently storing in your fridge doors? And actually, did, does all of that need to be there? The next thing that is often stored on the work surface are chopping boards. Could your bread boards and cutting boards be stored inside a cupboard instead of being lent up against the back of the worktop? Cookbooks. If you have any cookbooks stored on the worktop, consider if they could be stored on a shelf or in a cupboard or even in a different room microwave these are big bits of kit if you have a microwave could it be moved to a utility room or placed in a cupboard or on top of the fridge freezer and finally think about this is there anything taking up precious space on your worktops that would actually be better off in a whole other room this actually happens a surprising amount when i'm working with clients so here are some examples um a big water filter system like this big ceramic jar thing that was moved into the utility room fish tanks moved from the kitchen into a child's bedroom kids toys and craft things moved to the living area or their bedroom Bulk food items like long life milk or flour being rehomed in storage boxes with lids under the stairs or even under the sofa. Someone managed to sort of create a bit of a pantry for themselves under the sofa. Um, House plants rehomed in the bathroom or the hallway. So my pot of wooden spoons makes me really happy. So it stays out. This has to work for you. And joy is so important. We're about to talk about joy. So I'm not asking you to get rid of all of your beautiful things. But it's just thinking about what you're currently storing on your worktops and only having the best of it there so that it's not really, really crowded. So doing just a few of the points that I've shared above will make a massive difference to how your kitchen feels. Trust me. Okay, so now we're on to part two of making the most of your kitchen now, and that is all about joy. So we've talked about the fact that the kitchen is the beating heart of our homes, but our kitchens are often a little bit neglected when it comes to the smaller decor jobs. If you own your space, then yes, you've considered units and flooring and paint colours, but I'm talking about the joyful decorative finishes that really lift the space because the details are everything. So my mantra in the kitchen is every day on display, so make it beautiful. My kitchen styling philosophy is to have things that you need, but don't look great inside the cupboards. And then you wanna display the more beautiful yet practical objects. 
Over the last few years, I have slowly curated a selection of everyday items that bring me joy. And I really want to emphasize the word years because it take, it's taken me time to collect things that I actually, that are both beautiful and practical. You don't need to rush or spend unnecessarily. It's just about slowly replacing or gathering beautiful practical items around you um, for your kitchen. Some examples from me. So I've got a shoe cleaning kit. It's got a be- it's a beautiful wooden box with brushes in it and it's all vintage. The surface spray I use, which is homemade and in a recycled glass bottle and nozzle. My handmade mugs, which I use every day. My recycled dishcloths and linen tea towels. The broom, mop bucket and my candle holders. These are all things that I handle and touch and use every day that bring a little measure of joy to my daily living, a micro joy, if you will. And those micro joys add up. Handling them helps me to be mindful, to focus on the small pleasures. Rather than having items on display that look nice but don't serve a purpose, and this, which can really lead to tons of clutter if you're not careful, I just prefer to have beautiful versions of the things I use and interact with every day. Add beauty. Add art. A beautiful bit of art can be transformative in a kitchen and unexpected too. Choose something that complements the existing colours, something that really makes you smile. This could just be a tiny piece propped on a shelf or it can be a larger piece on a wall. Or maybe it's a beautifully painted plate, a big bit of sculpture, or it could be an old shell or a couple of gorgeous trailing plants. The idea here is things that move you, that connect you, that, that make you smile and that lift you up. Layered lighting. Hopefully your ambient or big lights are passable in your space, i.e. they're functional and you can see what you need to see in your kitchen. But on top of your ambient or your big functional lights, um, I want to encourage you to add in some lighting layers. So that's, it's lamps, it's adding lamps or fairy lights, or maybe a statement pendant light, or if you're not a renter, um, some beautiful wall sconces. Because lighting has a very immediate and atmospheric effect as you step into a space. And the lighting itself, the actual feature of the light can add a load of interest and actually, and the light it gives off can completely change the feel of the room as well. Add ritual. Set the scene for what you want to happen in your kitchen. So for us, I want our meal times to be candle lit and I want to start our day in a calm way. So that means for me, candles, having an essential oil diffuser and matches to hand, flowers and natural items to honour the season we're in. How do you want to use your space? What memories do you want to make there? How could you set up your space to provide more of that? Candlelight is always magical, by the way. (laughs) So the other thing to think about um, in your kitchen is whether you can make some small changes to the colour of your space. 
If you're rented, this may not be an option for you. Um, but if you are in a temporary kitchen, or even if you're in your forever kitchen, but you're looking around it feeling like it's just lacking a bit of soul, consider if you can add a bit of colour. So this might be adding wall colour, which if you rent could always be painted back white before you move out. It could be painting the kitchen cupboards or it could be sourcing just a small vintage sort of shelf unit that you can paint a lovely bright colour to hang on the wall. So really consider how you could use paint to really change the way the kitchen feels. And then something that I actually, I've really loved lately is when people paint their ceilings, their kitchen ceilings. It's such an exciting way of adding a colour and it's such a lovely surprise to look up to. So you'll see that all of the tips I'm giving you today are about adding that element of beauty and surprise and joy because the kitchen is such a hard-working room. It truly is the heart of the home and it really does affect what else happens in the rest of the space. So A, try to get your clutter under control. You want to clear out your cupboards, make space in them so that you can clear your surfaces and then it's about adding art and beauty and ritual and colour. If you have really enjoyed the styling tips in today's episode um, and you are craving a more magical space, I've just released a free workshop called Turning Your Interior From Meh to Magical. I actually ran this as a live webinar a few weeks ago and people absolutely loved it. So I've decided to bring it back more permanently. It's got tons of styling tips that move you all the way around the home. Um, and you can get it by going to hannahbullivant.com slash magical. And it's free. All right, good luck. Until next time. Oh, oh, oh.